Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and Julie, we are back. It is April the 27th, and you have picked a fantastic topic. I know this is something that a lot of our coaching clients in particular, but also podcast listeners have been asking us about. This is probably one of the weirdest times ever in the history of, you know, history <laughs> to be, to be pro- properly pricing, figuring out how to properly price listings. It's yes, very confusing. Indeed. And this information is not just relevant to agents who are trying to figure out how to, you know, put a proper price on a house, but also for buyer's agents trying to explain to their buyers why the past comps uh, don't necessarily represent the current value. You know, there's never been a, a time that's more wackadoo than this time is that's for, for sure. with regards to real estate values. And so this is a great topic. Um, so uh, without any further delay, let's jump right in because I know this is a special request content for all of you guys who are asking for special help and drill down on how to price uh, listings and again, how to present listing prices to your buyers. This is for you. Yes, and this probably will be a two to three part series. So just warning you guys to take good notes and you know, you can always rewind when you're listening to podcasts and really digest this because, Tim, this is one of those topics that affects every single listener, whether you're on the buyer side or the seller side, whether you're in a hot seller's market or maybe a slightly less hot seller's market. So we're going to start out with three secrets to digest. We like to get you guys in the right mindset before we then have you take action. Secret number one, a great seller pre-qualification script pulls out critical facts so you can best be prepared to not just take the listing, but also to price it right in the first place. Not pre-qualifying is unprofessional and it can waste your time and theirs. Always pre-qualify 100% of the time. Price it to sell, not to sit. Now, they're instantly going to say, well, none of my listings are sitting. Well, guess what? If that were true, there would be zero expireds all the time. There is still aspirational pricing. You can still miss it, right? And, you know, I would even argue the opposite, too. We're going to go over some points that might cause you to underprice something or be nervous about a price that you shouldn't be. So we'll talk about both sides of it. All right, secret number two, the best price reduction conversation is the one you never have to have. All pricing scripts are best used at the listing table. Secret number three, don't lose the listing of a motivated have-to-sell seller over price. If they have to sell, you have to take the listing. Someone's going to make a commission, shouldn't it be you? Those are great three secrets, really. <laughs> I mean, we could I'm, stop there, right? I was just thinking that. You can kind of encapsulate all your other notes you yeah. prepared well, just I mean, off those three points. Let's look at that third one, though. If they're motivated and have to sell seller, and you feel like they're ten grand over your last best price. In this market. In this market. Who I mean, cares? Honestly, we normally would. I always feel like washing my mouth out with soap when we say stuff I like know, that. Who definitely. cares? Because it's not always going to be like this. But the point is this. If they're motivated and they have to sell, somebody's going to sell it. Right. And so your worst case scenario is maybe a tiny price reduction, which probably isn't going to happen. Now, if that same seller and of course, sliding scale based on price range. But if that same seller is maybe one hundred thousand over your price, well, maybe we need to drill down a little bit more. So we'll talk about how to do that. There's a bonus secret. Proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor pricing. That's right. So the normal and I think forever valid, um, you know, 
reasons why houses do or don't sell, it always comes down to three things, price, condition, and location. And generally speaking, you can be off in one of those things and still have the property sell. But of all those things that you must have uh, correctly positioned or correctly chosen, or if you're going to focus on one thing, uh, it has to be priced because ultimately, listeners, you can't really do much about changing the condition. Um, you know, the script is, Mr. Seller, you're not planning on changing, uh, like adding a bedroom or, you know, filling in the pool or adding a pool. You're not really changing on dramatic or planning on really dramatically changing the condition. Correct, Mr. Seller? And the seller will say yes. Well, then as far as the location goes, it is what it is. It's not like we can all of a sudden pick the house up and move it across the street or we can't make the house have, a, you know, a point west, whereas right now it's facing east. So the location is the location. So the only other thing that leaves us, Mr. Seller, that we can have a proactive, positive uh, response from doing is making sure we're positioning the house on the market to correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. In other words, we're pricing the house so that we meet what the buyers or what the market is expecting us to price the house at, maybe slightly over in a market like this. So again, listeners, you can't really, ultimately when you're pricing in a normal market, you have to have really great condition you have to have really great location and you have Typically. to have, and you have to have a price that's really great or even maybe a little bit less than what the market thinks the house is worth in order to sell it. And maybe even some staging thrown on top and ideally it doesn't smell like cat pee while you're at it. Exactly. Nowadays you can have a house that smells like cat pee backs to a busy <laughs> road with power in. lines and is overpriced and it's going to sell. That's not true for all markets but it's true in some markets. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, um, but for the most part, even what you're going to see pricing is still fairly sensitive is on the true upper end markets. You're going to see in the upper end markets that are maybe depending on where you are, if you're you know selling in Columbus, Ohio, your upper end market is probably over a million or maybe over a million and a half. If you're selling in Greenwich, Connecticut, your upper end market is going to be over probably three to five million somewhere in there where it gets the aspirational type price ranges. And when you get in there, those people are very sensitive. Well, they're relatively sensitive to price and they generally speaking have multiple homes and they won't overpay, but they will pay what the house is worth. Now, when you go into the lower end price ranges where, the, where there's a hell of a lot more competition, you're going to have less price sensitivity to an extent because people can't really overpay unless they have the cash to pay for the amount over appraisal. So as we go through all these things, I want you to keep this in mind and how relevant it is to, your, to you and your business, whether you're a primarily a listing agent or a buyer's agent. And also, I remind all of you, if you've not yet downloaded your 2021 business plan, it's not too late for you to complete this. Now, there's two reasons you want to uh, complete this right away and download the, uh, the business plan. It's a fill-in-the-blank business plan. Number one is because, you know, you need a business plan. So there's that. But number two is what this business plan is designed to do is give you the ultimate sense of direction and confidence in the direction you've chosen when setting your goals. It's not just goal setting. It's also goal setting where you're going to create many action plans. It's the first time many of you will have ever taken the time to do a true drilled down uh, you know, business plan, business and life plan. So you want to complete this because after you're done with it, you're going to feel pretty amazing actually. Um, and so the other reason is, is because we get, we're going to give you Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. This is the same book that uh, Napoleon Hill originally wrote. It's, uh, you know, the public domain version. And we've had a lot of real estate content. You get both of those for free. And all you have to do is text 2021. Just text the numbers 2021 to 47372. Chances are you're listening to us on your mobile device. It works whether you're on Android or whether you're on iPhone. So just go ahead right now and just open up your SMS app, you know, your texting app, and just text 2021 to 47372. And when you do that now, we're going to text you back a link so you can download both of those books. And you obviously can transfer the downloads to your desktop so you can print them off or just print directly from your phone. So text 2021 to 47372. 
Exactly. So remember that proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor pricing, whether too high or too low. So number one, all right, here's our points. Don't go on a listing appointment unless you know. That's our saying for the prep correct pricing. Don't go unless you know, number one, what the seller wants, needs, or thinks it's worth. Pricing it right in the first place prevents future price reduction drama, even if they're thinking it's worth more than your comps. You need to know by how much and how they arrived at, quote, their price before you arrive at the appointment. You've got to know what's going on in their head. Now, nine times out of 10, that's going to be higher than you think, even in an escalating market. You know, they're going to see what they can get. So here's the script. When they tell you what you feel is a too high price, you just say, that's interesting, Mr. or Mrs. Seller. How did you arrive at that price? You've got to listen carefully. Even if your first reaction is, you've got to be kidding me. How did you come up with that? That's not the right script. Well, but Julie, the overall, you yeah. as part of a, um, when you guys become our coaching clients, or if you already are our coaching clients, make sure you're using the seller pre-qualification script. And it's a script where you ask these questions, and Julie's just giving you one question, but you We're ask a, a series yeah. of questions, and the series of questions are designed so that when you walk in the house, you know exactly what the seller's thinking. You know whether you're competing. You know basically every everything you don't want to find out on the listing appointment, because it'll catch you by surprise. You know ahead of time so that you're prepared. And by the way, then you want to send a pre-listing pack. But the, really, it's what Julie said. Don't go if you don't know, as in don't go on the listing unless you know the answers to these questions. Otherwise, you're going to be caught by surprise and you're not going to get the listing. Uh, and again, the seller thinking, knowing what the seller thinks the house is worth, that would be a great question to ask. And I'll give you guys a little bonus script here for those of you who are actually paying attention. Uh, Mr. Seller, so I'm going to be spending a couple hours working on your CMA. A CMA is a comparative market analysis. It's basically like a real estate agent's version of an appraisal. So in doing so, I have to choose the best sold comps uh, that would be uh, comparable to your house. So what properties have you seen sell in the last six months, to, you know, six to 12 months that you thought were closest to your house that I probably should be using as comps? Now you want to ask that question. Sometimes the sellers will say, I don't know, I haven't seen any. Uh, and you might want to reframe that question and ask them again. Because I found personally, and all of our coaching clients have found, when a seller is reluctant to tell you what they think the comps are, it's because they don't want you to think, they, they're basically trying to play their cards close to their chest because they're not wanting you to just price it based on what they said. That would be the KG seller. They're trying seller. to get you to do your job. They're trying to get you to do your job. But the second reason is, is because they think that maybe it's their comps in their head, their comps are overpriced more than what their house is actually worth. Uh, but they just don't want to be argumentative or confrontational. It's it, it's a lot of psychology involved. So it's really care you have to be really careful how you frame that question. So the secondary way of asking that, well, they might say, well, I can't think of any. You might well say, so Mr. Seller, there weren't any houses that you saw uh, sell recently, six to 12 months. Maybe you went through an open house, maybe you th went through on a holiday party, um, anything like that, that might help me out so that I can make sure that we really focus on on putting the best value on this property. And then you're going to get the truth or you're going to get starting to have them share with you what houses they think are similar to uh, theirs. And of course, write their answers down because now they're in essence telling you what they think their house is worth. And that is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, you might find in this market, and this is true with for sale by owners and expireds, you might find that they think their house is actually worth less than what the market is. That's the reason we want you guys calling yes. you old expireds because expireds that uh, didn't sell last year or even the year before because of price are probably based on their previous listing price, pr uh, priced perfectly or even underpriced for this market. Uh, but that's a you know side benefit for those of you who are smart enough to be chasing expireds. Yes, and I, I 
we'll never forget a conversation you had with uh, Ben Salem the other day where you were talking about, like, how are your calls going? How's your prospecting going? Yeah. And it was so funny because he's like, well, here's how it goes. Call my seller. Oh, no, he texts them. Or he even texts them. Yeah, that's what he said. Here's what I can probably get you for your house. I mean, and they don't know, to your point. Right. A lot of the times they either haven't thought about it for a while or they, they have no idea what the market's been doing. Not everybody watches things like all of us do, right? Yeah. Um, one of our other coaching clients in Long Beach, one of the things they're doing this week is preparing a comparative market analysis which will accompany their little Mother's Day pop-by with their past clients. It's a great idea. Right, because not everybody knows what the market's doing. And then they're going to follow up with a phone call where that person will then feel a little bit more likely to take you, their call uh, um, and talk about what they thought about the CMA. But let's brainstorm out loud. Yeah. So a way of saving time not having to do a billion CMAs would be right. like take – uh, imagine this, a, a form, a page. This is my, I just had this thought pop sure. in my mind. So if it comes out terrible, then forgive me. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, write, and so write down at the top, the first question is, is what did you pay for your house? Mm-hmm. And then put, uh, you know, then the next question might be, was it one year ago? Multiply by this. Was it two years ago? Multiply by this. Was you it three years? Out, Do you sure. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then you could figure out and then put an asterisk at the bottom and say these are averages. So if you bought the, if you paid, you know, $500,000 for your house five years ago mm-hmm. and then it said, you know, did you buy your house five years ago? Multiply by whatever the average percent of, sure. you know, increase has been mm-hmm. over the last five years. And that'll get a lot of people talking and thinking. Absolutely. You get it? And that'll it get, it's, a, it's a good way to both lay a little bit of analytics and facts on it, but also not have to do 9 million CMAs. And here's the other thing yeah. is when she's going door to door, she then can actually help them do the math on the form while she's standing yes, in front of them. it's like a fill in the blank kind of right, thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, give, give, them the form, give them the form and have them fill it out themselves yes. while she's standing there because yes, she's going to have a calculator. It's perfect. And then they're they're doing the math and they're saying, you know, bought it three years ago, multiply times, you know, 1.2 or whatever the hell the number whatever is. is yeah. and then And then they'll write down the number in the, in the form and go, did you know your house is worth that much? Right. I know. I mean, what a great conversation. And then follow that up with what does that do to your plans? You know, exactly. Uh, To Ben's point, you know, it's not a tough conversation these days. No, he he was Julie and I. She's right. We were talking to him about he works with a lot of celebrity types. And I was about to share with you guys some of the people he's telling me he's working with, but I'm not going to. to. Yeah, exactly. But he was telling me what he was doing to find listings for them. Some of these celebrity types It's his other celebrity types. He just sends them a cold text and says, exactly. Would you consider, you know, you bought your house for four million would you consider selling it for six because i have three potential buyers awesome. things like that i know it's great. <laughs> and he, he's actually doing transactions that way yeah completely off the market just between clients yes well okay so what you said also ties into this point don't go if you don't know what the seller wants needs or thinks it's worth there are a ton of out of mls deals there's lots yep. i know that you're not supposed to do pocket listings coming soon or all the rest but guess what they're happening anyway Sometimes they're called whisper listing listings, depending on the market or secret listings, whatever. They're happening. Even NAR has reported that there's a huge percentage of that happening. So you have to ask the seller. I remember asking that question and, and sellers, especially ones that are really motivated because they've been watching the market, they'll, they'll send you a spreadsheet of all the stuff they've been tracking. And like 30% of it will never have flown through the MLS. It could have been a probate deal or a friend deal, you know. So you've got to ask that question. Now, Seller's price, here's another secret. Sellers will overprice and sometimes underprice out of either ignorance or arrogance. The arrogance usually is the overpricing part. And again, even in a hot seller's market, there's aspirational pricing. You can go too high. But remember, they're pricing their their prices off out of ignorance or arrogance. Ignorance is when they just don't know how to price a home. Square feet matters, bedrooms, bathrooms, views, condition. It's not their fault. That's not their job. 
Arrogance is when they won't listen to comps and have reasons other than real value to try to justify their price. Now, that would be, a, for example, if someone's probably not that motivated. Yeah. Um, so if the higher in the price range, the wealthier the seller is, be careful that you don't hang your hat on their lack of motivation because the, if they don't sell the house, like Rob Johnson's got plenty of clients in you know Greenwich, Connecticut, and yes, the houses have increased in value, but listeners, listen to what I'm going to tell you. It still means that they're losing, in some cases, 50% of what they originally paid, whereas maybe before the big price increases over the last couple of years because of COVID and other things, they may have been losing, say, for example, 60% or 70%. So their losses are less, but they're still their losses are still substantial. So, you know, he can't do what Ben's doing and call people up and say, hey, guess what? Your house has increased in value. Now you're only losing this much money, whereas before yeah. you were losing that much money. It doesn't have the same power. So this all goes back to knowing your market. Exactly. So point number two, the again, don't know if you don't know, the average days in the market for properties like your subject property, not like stories you've heard about some property that's two neighborhoods away. This helps set both your expectations and the homeowners. And I think, you know, that's a sliding scale as well right now. Because there's a whole generation of agents that'll freak out if it's not sold by the second weekend or, right. or by the second day in some cases. But here's the thing. Every market has what's hot and what's not. And, you know, a lot of the strategy that buyer's agents are using right now is looking in a bigger radius to find stuff that's maybe been on the market for a month, right? So if you're going on a listing appointment out yonder, right, a little bit out of the urban super hot areas, you've got to do all of these numbers for the actual type of property you're going on, not based on other stuff. So average days in the market for your subject property. Number three, the list to sell price ratio. Again, we're setting expectations. This helps you to combat the try my price, price it high, let them negotiate, or it helps you know that you can price it right on the market, expect maybe to even get slightly more. So let's talk about some of these scenarios these guys are experiencing so yeah. we can reel in this stuff sure. to make it practical. Yep. Um, if you are in a marketplace, and some of you are, where real estate's going to appreciate by 10% or some, you know, a lot, right? National average right now is running about 11%. Right. So if you're in one of those markets, it's 11, that's average, guys. So that means there's some markets that are appreciating by more, by a lot more, some by, you know, so there could be some that are 15, 16, 17%. Yes. Now, here's a rookie mistake. Actually, this is a mistake everyone makes. If you price to the market that was and not the price to the market that's becoming, you'll lose that listing. Yes. Because, and you'll blame the other agent for overpricing it to get the listing. You were the mis you made the mistake, but not essentially it's the Wayne Gretzky quote. What makes you the greatest you know, hockey player of all time? This was supposedly happened in an interview. And Wayne Gretzky said, well, other skaters skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck is going to be. In a marketplace like this, you have to price to where the market is going to be. And if you see a trend, and we've got a trend now, you know, that basically we're in this year almost five months. If you see your market is appreciating by 1% or 2% per month, and you don't price that uh, into your CMA because you're trying to you know, hold your uh, basically your, your seller to past sales, you will rightfully lose that listing opportunity because the seller is going to logically think, well, I'm putting my house in the market two weeks from now or I'm putting my house on the market a month from now. Why should I be pricing it to houses that sold a month ago where you know now they're appreciating by one or maybe one and a half or whatever percent or half percent per month? 
So you got to really think these things through. Price to where the puck is going to be. That's right. It's really critical. That relates to how you guys are fighting your appraisals right now. Like, they'll go to the mat to find an appraiser over this. Right. And yet they'll lose a listing because they've got to have their agent price. Right. Exactly. It's it's agent ego. It is. But so here, this is another little funny phenomenon we're seeing. In Mm -hmm. some of the markets where we have coaching clients, we're seeing essentially finance contingencies be like a sort of Damocles. So if you approach, uh, if your buyer, and I know this is extreme market stuff, but this is what we're seeing. This is the benefit of having coaching clients in practically every state in the country, right? So in some of these super hot markets, the con- the contracts and the buy- sellers have gotten so picky, they're rejecting any contract that has a financing clause in it. In other words, it has to be all cash, provable real cash. Now, if for some reason they do decide to take your financing clause, they're going to make you, in, in most markets, it's going to take 30, 60 days to get, even if your financing is approved, the process of getting the loan through could take two months. Well, guess what? The price that you're going to close at isn't the con- isn't the value today. It's the value of what it's going to be two months from now because the seller doesn't want to lose out on what's going to be two months of appreciation on that property just because you're getting your loan approved. Yeah, see, this is a whole new level yep. of negotiation that sellers are doing. Not everywhere, but we're seeing it enough to mention it to you guys to so, watch for it. So if you're in one of those markets and you're bringing a finance buyer to buy one of those listings, by the way, doesn't this all basically give you guys, anyone who's been in the you know, real estate market for more than a blink, doesn't this give you hives, what we're telling you about this? is really happening. Uh, for the rest of you, make sure you're spending all your best energies uh, becoming a listing agent because this all these pains are on the buyer agent side, yep. you know. But if you are in a market where you are losing buyer, I'm sorry, house after house after house as a buyer's agent, and you have a perfectly financed buyer and you're losing them to cash buyers, you need to price the house. You need to make your offer of, uh, knowing that it's going to take, you know, 60 days to get your loan approved. You're going to need to pay that seller more for the Entice for the pleasure them, of waiting for, for you. For the pleasure of waiting for you, right. To entice them to actually accept your finance contract. You're going to have to, you think you're overpaying, you got to overpay the overpay amount yeah. to get, now not in all markets like this, yes. but in a lot of markets like this. Now here's an in-between twist to that. If you kind of see that that's where it's going, you're starting to hear about it, then don't start writing on properties until you have at least achieved loan commitment, right? That's better than pre-approval. It's better than pre-qualification. Loan commitment basically means you can close faster because you're through underwriting. That's kind of like a little notch below what you were just describing. Right. But still better than, you know, going financing fresh. Okay. So what are we on? Don't go if you don't know. Number four, the number of homes competing with your subject property. This is one of the first things I ask agents when they're struggling with price. What are you up against? How would it compare in the eyes of the buyer? Because you get all obsessed with, you know, listing comps and pending comps, but it also has to stand up against what it's competing against. Now, If you're putting your house on the market and you are virtually the only thing in that neighborhood and there's nothing in the neighborhoods that compete against it and there's no new construction to kick your butt, well, you have more leeway to go higher than the same property that maybe in different times or a different neighborhood does have, let's say, even five homes competing against it. And maybe there's new construction that doesn't have a waiting list right around the corner. That's different. You're going to have to be a little bit tighter to your comps when you have more competition. Make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because you've got to put your buyer hat on. What are they right. going to see up against you? Okay. And so the argument for that is if I'm a buyer and I'm looking, let's say, 500 to 550, aren't I going to try and see if I can get everything I need to tick all those boxes at 500? And if I can do that on a house that's like 519, I might not even see your house at 550 Julie, because I'm, the competition's there. As I'm listening to us talk and present all these points, obviously yeah. these are things we had written down and we prepared and thought about what we we're going to say and how we we're going to say yeah. it. But as I'm going through all of this, I'm thinking from the average agent listening who doesn't know how to become a listing agent, 
I mean, you got to be looking at that Walmart greeter job as a viable alternative at this I point. Know, just because being blown back, right? Right, because it's it's I I totally and completely sympathize with you guys, uh, the buyers right. agents. We'd be terrible if we didn't coach them on this. Yeah, we're just we're giving you the realities of a, a lot of realities of this market. You so opposed to feeling overwhelmed and stressed, opposed to thinking you know hopelessly. Here's a suggestion for you: just become a listing agent. Yeah. Just decide you're going to transition. Your goal now is, you know, let's say it's May 1st. Your goal is by the time it's the end of June, you seriously want to consider becoming one of our premier coaching clients. And then you want to uh, have a goal of maybe taking two or three listings between now and the end of June or whatever your date is. You can all do it. We have coaching clients that have, uh, I mean, we read some of these stories to you guys. You can read them on our website. We have people that are brand new licensees that are taking listings right away because they're doing what we ask them to do, how we're asking them to do it, where they're actually doing the real work of real estate. The market is there for you to become a listing agent. You just have to have the skill set to go after the listings. That's all this is. You just have the skills gap. And yeah, you do have a confidence gap too, but that will be made up, more than made up, when you have a skills, when you have the skills to basically make it so you're excited to go to a listing appointment. I want you to really think about this. If you're feeling frustrated because you're on the buyer side of the transaction, you are choosing to be in the position to feel frustrated because you now know, especially if you've been listening to our show for a long time, that it is a choice between a listing agent and being a buyer's agent. There are two different, you know, being a buyer's agent is, we used to say it's a, a social skill or a physical skill. It's physical labor, basically opening doors. But now, unfortunately, it actually is not only just physical labor and mental labor, it's now become mental labor too. It, using Working with buyers used to be easier and, and it used to require less and, skill. It was more of a social thing. It was more, it was easy, it just, it was fun. In a lot of cases, working with buyers and showing houses, there's not a lot of skill necessary. But now what's happened is the skill required to be a successful buyer's agent, combined with the time required to show the houses, has made being a listing agent massively simpler than what, I mean, before it was, you it's know. It's flip-flopped, hasn't it? It has. Well, it's not, it's, it's flip-flop, but it's not even flip-flop. Like being a listing agent right now, you can be okay at pricing and you're going to sell the listing, right? Yeah. You can be okay at positioning. Not much competing. Yeah, yeah you're, good. you're good. You're fine. Yeah. And, and you don't have to worry about all the stresses and the strains that's on the buyer agent side. But before, working with sellers was skill-based and working with buyers was mostly physical labor in essence. Mm-hmm. Mental labor versus physical labor. But now what's happened is everything is, um, you know, you have to be, again, you have to do the physical labor of opening the doors and showing the houses and giving your nights and weekends up working Finding with buyers. Finding something to show it all. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to have a higher level of skill set just to get the contract Massively accepted. Higher. Whereas, again, on the listing agent, you still have to have a skill set. But the combined effort and work, you know, blood, sweat, totally and tears different. on the buyer agent side, it's got to be 10 to 1 right now. Well, I had an interest. Yeah, you you mentioned you, you don't have to wait to be a listing agent and, and – You've got to get on this right away. So one of the things that I've really been enjoying about our Facebook Live sessions we do with our premier coaching clients is uh, happens how, ev- happens every day, every by the day, way, is how inspired they are. The more experienced agents are getting inspired by some of our newer agents sure. who are like like uh, Mark Gar- I think it's Mark Mike Garmier. Yeah, we read his email the other day, mm-hmm. and you were congratulating him on taking his first his listing. Guess, yeah, get this. He's on listing number three right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's a brand new realtor. Day 39 in real estate. And with he's, He was a brand new realtor. I talked to him just the other day. Yeah. He's a brand new realtor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never, has no sales background. Yeah, I mean, and he's killing it. Well, it's because he plugged into our system and, and he's, he's doing, doing what we ask him to okay, do. Okay, now Justin in Connecticut. And, and he's in an insanely competitive market. Oh, yeah, totally. Another client that's very much like him, Justin in Connecticut, um, thanked us on the Facebook Live 
for teaching how to be confident going after unrepresented sellers, otherwise known as for sale by owners, because he just listed one. Yeah. Okay. Also a newer agent. Somebody like Ziggy, who was a little bit in real estate before, but quit her actual job and took it seriously this year. So she was inspiring them by saying, you know, I've realized the value of having multiple spending plates because she's got so many pendings, right? And she said, I lost, I, I have three going sideways. And, and I was like, uh-oh. She said, but it's okay because two out of three are listings. I'm still the listing agent. <laughs> right. I'm going to sell them again. So, you know, there's lots of different flavors of this, but what's really cool is to see them inspiring each other. And I, I think you're right that their hair is being blown back by the fire hosing of pricing intel we're, we're giving them. So we probably should wrap today and let them digest it. <laughs> and then we'll do a continuation because we have more points. Sorry, guys. There's more to this even than what we've just presented today. But what I do want them to um, digest is don't go if you don't know. You have to use a seller pre-qualification script. You do. You can't just wing it. I mean, yeah, you're going to be okay maybe part of the time. So think about this, Jules. Yeah. So uh, and your typical FISBO, uh, the, the rub is, right, the, uh -huh. the, the conflict is, the FISBO, and this is if a FISBO is primarily focused on their net, right? Right. You have to show the FISBO that your commission won't adversely, won't basically take away from their net. Yeah. You have to make it, you have to actually prove to that for sale by owner. Yes. That you're going to not, uh, you're going to essentially work for them for free. Yes. That's how you typically and traditionally mm -hmm. work for Frisbos. Yeah. Have you ever thought about the fact that in this market, in some markets, but in this market, in some markets, mm -hmm. you can easily tack oh, your yeah. commission on top. Yes. of whatever the FISBO's existing price is mm -hmm. and still sell it. Because your maximum exposure versus their minimum exposure is going to get them competing offers and yeah. you're going to cover yourself on that. Right, I, that, but think about that. I know, that from, it's a unique time that makes it so much easier. Hello, Mr. You don't even have to, you can be terrible at the scripts. I mean, yeah. this isn't our script, but I, hello, Mr. FISBO, I saw you have your price, uh, your house for sale for seven ninety nine nine. Um, just so that I'm clear, if I could, you know, basically take care of all the hassles of working with the buyer, take care of all the inspections, the appraisal, and the check I hand you at closing meets or exceeds your current uh, financial, you know, expectations, why wouldn't you list the house with me, right? You ask, and that's basically an iteration of our FISBO script, but you can, you don't have to go into the analytics of proving the value of an agent and showing it's the- It's easier. The agent, you know, an average yeah. listed property sells for this compared to an average for sale by owner property. I mean, this is all the which things. Which is we, all factual. Which is way. all factual, right. Research has been done over and over that most FISBOs sell for an average of, depends on which report you read, but anywhere from 4 to like 12% less than a similarly uh, listed property with a real estate broker. And they take longer. And they take longer. And, you you know, we can go into the, the specifics as why that's true. But here's the real takeaway. In a market like this, you don't even have to be very good at any of those scripts. You can just essentially take whatever their price is, assuming it's not orbiting Mars, and tack on mm -hmm. the selling fees. And uh, you will, in essence, basically have the buyer finance all of your commissions you know, through the transaction. And the check the seller receives at closing is going to be the same, if not more, than they would have gotten selling it themselves. And the market's going to make it so that it over, it basically, uh, the market and the nature of the velocity of the sales right now in the huge seller's market will compensate for your lack of skill set when it comes to basically delivering f uh, for sale by owner scripts. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it. I know, the and, opportunity and, is tremendous. And then you get to brag about it to the neighborhood and lather, rinse, repeat because you are able to achieve that sale. Yeah. And the same goes with calling expired. The same goes with calls. Exactly. I mean, we teach you guys dozens and dozens of ways to generate listing leads. I would say 75% won't cost you anything. We're not advocating any way buying uh, certainly Shouldn't seller leads, but any leads in general. But the, just the reality of all this, guys, is the wind is at your back, assuming your sailing ship is focused on you going to uh, seller land.
Yes, <laughs> right? and, and instead of lamenting the market, oh, it's hard, we get outbid all the time, it's, you know, it's knockdown, drag out. There's so much enthusiasm out there in, in every aspect of housing, buying and selling. Definitely. That you've got to embrace that and run with it and monetize it for yourself and your family. That's right. So listen, guys, that is all the fire hosing we're going to be doing for today. In the meantime, make sure um, you definitely text 2021 to uh, 47372. Text 2021 to 47372. And when you do, we're gonna text you back the real estate treasure map, and we're gonna text you back uh, the link to download Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. If you guys also wanna speak with Julie and I about joining our ever-growing, expanding international EXP real estate group, um, it's called Libertas, please do consider texting me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Of course, we'd love to sponsor you at eXp. Everyone thinking about joining eXp, all of you need a sponsor. So you might as well, you know what, align with Julie and I. So text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you guys on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>